This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. I remember the first time I drove a car solo. I had driven hundreds of miles with one of my folks seated next to me, and I had even pulled our 25-foot travel trailer. But at age 16, by myself for the first time, I was more nervous than I thought. At one particular intersection, at a stop sign where I was about to turn, uh, no, I was about to cross a four-lane highway, I waited for a long opening, and Dave, I, I probably waited till there were uh, you know, no cars for half a mile. Uh, <laughs> And then I floored the accelerator. Now, the problem was, I was driving my dad's car that had a 454 with a four-barrel carburetor. So I squealed the tires and laid a patch of rubber that would have gotten me grounded for a year if my dad had seen that. <laughs> but the thing is, I, I wasn't on a joyride. I was, uh, it was my first time. I was kind of nervous and... You know, it wasn't easy moving from a guided experience to going solo. Uh, it's not easy in driving, and it's not easy in fly fishing Absolutely either. not. Yeah. You know, Dave and I are big proponents of hiring fly fishing guides, and I want to state that clearly up front. Uh, we do that every so often for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, we want to sharpen our skills. There's always more things to learn about technique and and uh, frankly, I need all the help I can get. Yeah, me too. And the way Dave fly fishes, he doesn't help me very much. No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's not true. But yeah, we... we I am know, very judgmental of you, though. You are. Maybe that's it. I, I want a guide who you know, pay him enough to stroke my ego. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Steve, that's the greatest cast I've ever seen. You if, could be a guide, if Steve. We, yeah, if all my clients were like you. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, seriously, we, we do hire guides occasionally to sharpen our skills. Secondly, we also do this for intel. Absolutely. So we are big on hiring guides. But here's the deal. If you've never moved from a guide to fly fishing solo, you're missing out. Dave, you told a story about that in a recent blog post on our website, something that your brother observed. So my brother Matt takes his son, one of his sons, to Oregon every year. Matt lives in Rochester, Minnesota. He's a physician at Mayo. And, and so he goes once a year and takes this trip with one of his sons. Just on the Driftless? Or, I mean, I mean, on the Deschutes? Or no, the he, fishes, or? he fishes the McKenzie River. Yeah, okay. I think it's near Eugene, Oregon. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so they're not fishing for steelhead or salmon or anything. They fish, for, they, fish they call them flat, uh, flat sides, I think is the way. But huh. they're rainbow trout, right. a strain of rainbow trout. And he caught a huge one last year. He said, in fact, two years ago, he caught one that was the largest fish that any of the guides had ever seen. It was like 24 inches. It was just a monster. Yeah. But most of the fish they catch are between 8 and 12 inches. So they went this last summer. I think it was in August, and there were a lot of fires out there, so there was a lot of smoke. But the day they fished, I mean, they probably each caught, caught 40 or 50 fish. I mean, literally, it was just... And they were all smaller fish. My brother came back from the trip, and... And my brother's a competent fly fisher. He and I have fly fished quite a bit through mm -hmm. the years and not so much in recent years, but uh, certainly early on. And he came back and just said, you know what? I'm tired of these guided trips. He said, I realized I've stopped growing. And then he also told the story mm -hmm. about one of the guides uh, was asking him to cast 
to this log that was along the side of the river. So he was in the boat casting and, and Matt tried three times and you know <laughs> didn't get the fly near you know to drift by the log and so the the, the fly the guy, fly fishing guide actually took the rod out of his hands not in an angry way but grabbed it oh man and then did it himself and caught the fish oh, man. <laughs> and you know my brother's a competent fly fisher so it kind of created this disgust for him it actually forced me to think about guided float trips and how little often, not always, but often that you learn on those float trips. It also paralleled, I saw some pictures from someone I knew who had been out, I think in Michigan or someplace fly fishing, and but they had been on another guided trip. And I thought, you know, for new fly fishers, there's a limit to what you can learn from guided float trips. So that's why we have this episode today talking yeah. about how do you move from that experience which really isn't a fly fishing true fly fishing experience they hand you the rod they have you know they give you the flies i mean it's it's a what's it's a mediated experience it's not a direct fly fishing experience and so the whole idea is if you want to grow and move from simply float trips and having this experience to actually becoming a fly fisher how do you do that that's right. And we're going to talk about some ideas on how to uh, make that transition. So uh, what would you say, Dave? Where would you start? So the first thing is I would go on a walk and wade trip with a guide as well as a float trip because uh, chances yeah. are you're not going to have a drift boat when you do go solo. Yeah, yeah we hope you don't. That could be disastrous. Right. And so most of us, uh, I, I wish I had a drift boat and lived in my, if I lived in Montana, I obviously would have a drift boat, drift boat but and I do not. you would learn to row so I could fish. <laughs> exactly. The problem with a drift boat always is that you're taking people <laughs> and yeah, you're yeah. not fishing. Right. So, um, so I would do both. I would, I would, if you're going to transition, I would also go on wade trips. Well, that makes sense because yeah, then you, you hire your guy, but then the next day when you go out, you're waiting and that's a completely different, uh, it's totally a different experience. I, I have yeah. learned so much from fly fisher, fly fishing guides, helping me make the cast better actually what to fish, how to read the river. There's so much more time that can be spent mm -hmm. with you on these on these wade fishing mm -hmm. days. And so I would definitely think that add that into the mix. If you're going to go out west and you want to do a float trip, it, float trips are fun, right? There's no oh, doubt yeah, about it. Oh, yeah, we're not right? knocking they're, Yeah, we they're a blast. Too. But to actually learn, add a, add a day trip in there on a wading trip and see if you can uh, and see what you'll learn. It'll, right. it, it, it'll be a lot. And it's not that you don't learn anything on a float trip. It's just that wade fishing is so different, or at least there, there are some differences. And, yeah, there, there's two different sets of techniques. So if, if you learn float fishing techniques, well, then when you go to wade, yeah, there's some things that carry over, but there's some other things that don't. You know, that brings up another point, Dave. I would say on float trips, uh, try to discipline yourself to ask your guide. So, boy, that run back there that we just fished where I caught those two big browns. Uh, you know, wh where would you fish that? How would you fish that if you were wading that? And then I think the other thing is if your guide says, hey, we may uh, stop and, and wait at a few points, are you okay with that? And your answer ought to be, Absolutely. Right, yes. you're paying for the trip. Yeah, and it, yeah, I would even say, hey, are there places we can stop and, and wait a little bit? And and that'll help you. I mean, there are times with uh, 
uh, guide friend that we have, Toby, where we stopped and waited. And I've learned a lot from him, even as we, we get out of the boat and we're working on this certain run. And it's, you know, when you're, when you're in the boat, you're basically, you're basically throwing out your line and then you're getting this, you're just letting it drift. Yeah. It's a little bit of mending and yeah. that's about it. You mend and yep. mend. And then when, when something doesn't work out, then you do it again. But it's, it's cast different. left, cast yeah. right, mm -hmm. yeah. and then just let it drift until you get a hit or until, yeah, you get you get drag or something. But it's different when you get out of the boat and you're waiting. So, you know, make a point of that on float trips as much as possible. You know, get out and do some waiting, and you'll find that you'll learn some different techniques. It's just a different feel, and that'll set you up better. I don't think I've ever told you this, but on one of the trips we were fishing the Upper Madison. It was probably the last time we fished with Toby. You were he. We got out of the boat and we were fishing a couple runs, a couple really nice mm -hmm. runs. And I had my eight and a half five weight. It was an Orvis. It was an older Orvis, and I had picked up the Orvis rod after I'd snapped off one of my other tips. Um, but he actually was. You know, I was trying to cast. It was a longer cast. It was actually not that long, but he. Um, he helped me. He said, okay, he started giving me some direction. He said, let me, let me try your rod. And I watched him cast the rod and I realized that rod was, was really not that great of a rod. He even struggled. Now, Toby doesn't struggle. I'm not saying that, but it, it, you realize yeah. that it just didn't have the distance that mm -hmm. I needed. Huh. It was actually a good moment for me and it triggered my yeah. going out and buying a new rod. Remember yeah. it was that conversation about the, the Orvis he, H2 at that point mm -hmm. or H1, That's I right. forget H2, yeah. I think it was. Mm -hmm. And and it actually ended up, I ended up getting a new Sage as a result, but mm -hmm. it was just a really good moment. It, but it came while we were wade fishing after we had stopped, you know, while we were float trip, you know, while okay. we were on a float trip. Yeah. So. I do think, ask your guide, can we stop and wade fish? That's a good point. Well, what else would you say, Dave? Well, I would say also follow up a wade or walk trip by going back to the same spot the next day. Oh, that's great advice. You know, by yourself. Yep. And, and and do exactly what the guide advised earlier, This you know the day earlier. So it, It'll be fresh in your mind. It's not like, ah, what was it we learned last year? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So remember, we did this in the Driftless that one time. Mm -hmm. We hired yep. that guide, and it was kind of an average day, but then we found the streams, we found the runs on the streams, we found the access points, and mm -hmm. it just reinforced, and it gave us a great place to go back to so that we went back like you know two or three months later we were able to catch fish and we had a place to go to. Oh, so I know. the intel was great. It was. We did that once in Wyoming. Remember we we hired a guide because we, we fished a you know a, a pretty well known river but weren't quite sure, you know, where, where to where to put in. Yeah. And I remember thinking, okay, I have a pretty good idea where where we will start walking and waiting. Well, this guide took us to a different spot. And we did well. We probably caught we caught twenty plus really nice trout. We go back the next day without the guide. We caught thirty plus trout yeah. in the same amount of time. Same and amount it was, of time. It wasn't it wasn't like oh well, we're better than the guide. It's no. just he he set us up so well that we got in there and I guess the the conditions were right. We we knew which runs we wanted to fish and we we did great. But it was all because we used that intel the next day. Do you think that when some fly fishers go west 
or they go to well east or west doesn't matter that they that they feel like they can only do guided trips and that they can't go back to the same spot alone after a wade fishing that's a great day. question that's a really good question uh, like they feel like they're violating something yeah, or maybe if it's that, public access yeah. it's open baby. that is that's the key you know what if, if you hire on and most most fly shops they're, they're going to be taking you on public access i would rather do that than you know a couple of times guys have said hey you know, if you want we could take you to a private pond and i typically say no that's okay because i know i can't go back there the yeah, next day exactly i want to learn to fish those public access areas so here's another one uh, go with a friend if you can and i know that sounds rather simplistic but even though we're talking about solo, we're, we're not necessarily meaning that you know, you're going out alone. We're talking about going without a guide. I can't tell you how many times, uh, Dave, you and I have gone out and you'll remember something that I completely forgot. Yeah, and it goes that, both ways. Yeah, that the guide said. And yeah, that's it. You, you get so much information that sometimes you can't remember. But, you know, with two, going out with a friend you'll both remember some things that the guide taught you you'll remember some things that you've read you'll remember some things some experience and your know-how combined will help you go solo i remember last year the guide set you up on a run and then he set me up on a run about a half mile farther up river maybe right. it was a quarter mm -hmm. mile up river and there were two different runs and some of the things he taught me I was able to share with yeah. you and some of the things mm -hmm. he taught you because we went back to those same runs right. the next mm -hmm. day. It was really, really helpful. It and was. it really solidifies yeah. some of the learnings uh, to reinforce. And so, yeah, this this idea with a friend is really important if you can, right? right? If you can. So when we say solo, we don't necessarily mean just by yourself, nobody else. What we mean is that you or you and your, your buddy are going uh, without a guide. Dave, anything else that might be helpful? You know, this we always say this, but fly fishers aren't good at asking questions, I think, yes. sometimes. Always stop at your fly shop yep. for intel and ask what patterns are working well and where you want to fish. And I think, obviously, a, guy, a fly shop's not going to give you the exact location because if they're setting up guided trips on that location... Um, they're not going to say, hey, yeah, you know, put in here, and we always walk up. You know, right. they're not going to do yeah, that for you. No. But they will definitely tell you what patterns are working, mm -hmm. you know, river flows, some of the trends. And without that intel, it might be the piece that actually helps you catch fish. Like, right. you know, going in and saying, Make it, you know, here, here's what you should do in the fall. Do a stonefly pattern. Mm -hmm. here's, the, here's the nymph pattern that you ought, to, right. you ought to have at the top fly, and then your dropper ought to be this kind of – egg pattern this kind of yeah. and those simple things sometimes mm -hmm. will double the number of fish you catch yep so or make ask a difference your fly a, shop absolutely yeah, make a difference between a no fish day and a, and a five fish day absolutely so i guess what we're saying is by way of summary uh, maybe the most important takeaway is that you can move from guided to solo fly fishing if you are intentional about the way you go about your guided trips Definitely do them, but make sure that there are some walk and wade components, whether you're in a boat most of the day or or if you get a chance, uh, do the walk and wade trip over over the float trip if, if your chances of catching you know decent fish are about the same and you'll learn a lot. 
Well, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. Uh, Jim made this comment about Dave's post on how new fly fishers can improve their odds of success. He said, Years ago, a guide told me to take a few years and then pick up your game with another guided trip, class, or fish somewhere new. This has served me well and kept me from repeating, repeating the same old same old mistakes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's kind of what we were saying, yeah, isn't that's it? that's really good. Yeah, no matter how good you get, it's always good to, to go out with somebody who, who's better than you are. And, and usually that's a guide, although I think really good fly fishers have uh, friends who are really good fly fishers, and, and they're in that guide category anyway. Uh, another guy, Bob, commented on the same post. He said, if you only do floats with a guide, that's not fly fishing. Fly fishing is doing a float when you can, but it's also sneaking off work early for a quick wade on the way home. It's looking up and realizing that the only one who saw you put your back cast into those bushes was a beaver. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, been there, done that. Oh, we, we've, we've entertained a lot of wildlife, yes, haven't we, with our sure. cast? Well, that's going to do it for today. What tips will you offer a fly fisher who is trying to move from guided to solo? Please go to twoguysinariver.com and comment on this podcast link. How can fly fishers successfully make the transition from guided trips to fly fishing solo? You can find us on all the social platforms. We'd love for you to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook. We also publish one new episode every week on our website, and we'd love for you to download the podcast app or another app on your smartphone if you haven't done so, and subscribe to the podcast. Many people ask us about how they can promote the podcast, and we say simply, tell somebody about it. Your TU chapter, Fly Fishing Club, your, frau, your friend, your frau. <laughs> your frau um getting german on us yeah there, exactly your german heritage exactly so but just refer the podcast that's the biggest thing you could do we also would love for you to purchase our book on fly fishing called the fly fisher's book of lists life is short catch more fish uh, the holidays are coming up we think it'd make a great stocking stuffer uh, for someone in your family or a good friend yes it would well thanks again for listening i'm steve mathewson and I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing.